G'day Groosters and welcome to another episode of A Groovy Enlightened Life. Today we go on a journey with Gail Lawrence. Gail is a performance coach and what that means is that she helps you become your best self, helps you show up in the world as your best self, as your true self, it helps you live your highest purpose in this lifetime. I love the work she does. Gail not only works with just individuals, she works with teams and corporations and businesses and across cultures and across countries. Gail has a wealth of knowledge and experience that she shares with us today. And we delve in and explore this concept that Gail has come up with called listening for the silent pulse within. It's about digging deeper into our true selves. I really hope you enjoy the episode today. Sit back, relax, grab a cuppa. Let's get cracking. On the show, we have a special guest, Gail Lawrence. Thank you for being here. Oh, you're more than welcome. So how about we kick off with you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do in the world. Oh, thanks, Maya. For me, I, I'm a performance expert. In my, past, in, my, in my past life, I was a mental health professional and I stepped into the to the work and, and covering and working with performance, but not in the traditional sense. Most people think performance is about getting stuff done, where today it's about, you know, bringing the best of us and the whole of us to the table where we can really contribute in a much more meaningful way for ourselves and equally for others. So I work with individuals or corporations to be able to access that to do meaningful work, to produce something where people can stand tall and feel proud. So the work that I do now is can be in Australia with individuals. I equally do train coaches, but more often, more often than not these days, I tend to be travelling into the back blocks, sort of, if you like, literally being dropped into areas where I will work with a team from, you know, very often somewhat an impoverished um, background, be it in Africa or even here in Australia. I've recently done some work here in, in, you know, on Australian soil, which has been kind of nice to help people change the face of the way they interact with the world, which is really, you know, really cool. And, and I love the fact that I can do this work now. Oh, awesome. So share a little bit about those travels that you've um, been undertaking in Africa and obviously in Australia. What, are you, what sort of lessons, what sort of things are you picking up from these different cultures? Oh, I think that I wasn't, I, it was later in my career and it's, it's been a recent in my career that I think I was ready for this work because it's kind of been an evolution because to work in different cultures and to, to work with people at that deeper level, you've got to come from your heart. And that's the biggest lesson that I've had. That academically, and I, I, in my past I did lecture at university, but that was all head talk. And it, I didn't have my full heart in there. And when I came into this work and I really kicked in and engaged and I often, and you've heard me say, I want to create a level playing field. And when I'm working with, say, in Africa, I worked with a group there that there were some people that were going to let go. There were some people that just weren't engaging. And, you know, I've got to, got to say they were kind of being seen as less than. And I was brought in to work with them to get the performance element happening. And I took a different tact. I wanted to see them. 
I, I truly wanted to see who they are and what inspired them and, and what gave them you know, their, their heart to beat because we all are the same in a lot of ways and I call it the silent pulse. Often we spend so much time looking for the difference but there's similarities and everybody has things that motivate them. Everybody desires love. Everybody desires to be seen and to be heard. you just got to open a space to listen for it. So when I went into to Africa, I said, I just, I, I just want to see them. I just want to watch them work. I just want to talk to them, not as the expert being floated, but just as a person to a person. And I started to hear their pain very quickly. They started to tell me about their pain and how, how they re, um, interacted with things. And even from a tribal perspective, that for them in working in a corporate environment was kind of difficult because raising your head above others in a tribal culture is not something that's done. You know, being collective and part of a group is really important. And if you think about it, it, in a tribal sort of culture, that helps them survive. It keeps them together where they're not battling at each other. And when you understood that and you questioned that and you opened their curiosity about it, how could they work or shift or shape, shape that to honour their culture, honour who they are and really extend that potential of where it could go because you're not you're not your your past story you can equally create new chapters new stories every single day so when I listened to that and I, I I heard that we started to go to work and so for me I always come from a values base what's really important to them and I open those conversations and I, and I listen to them and when things were sort of when they had an axe to grind we, we heard well, what was important about that we shaped you know where they saw their potential we shaped if you like their, their purpose and what they really wanted to contribute in their heart deep in their heart above from all the, the tangible things that were happening in their heart and we did some fun ways of doing that I, one thing I learned of you've got to be creative so we did some stomping and, and, you know, beat work where we literally took a building off its, off its steps and it was kind of funny when we did it. Oh, wow. But it was, it was about teaching how to get in rhythm with each other, how to listen, how to empathise with each other and how to really connect. And when we did that after, that, after that work, I had people that had beliefs that, you know what, they thought they were difficult, they thought they were worthless, they thought they were useless. And I got them to reshape and, and it was intuitive that I, I didn't go in there preparing to do this, but I just w- ran with whatever happened at the time. And I remember I then got them and I got them to write down on one half of the paper the old belief and on the other half the new. And then we went around and we did the drumming, we did stomping, we did work like that. And it was their choice whether they threw that in the bin, whether they threw, ripped up the old one and which one they kept. All of them chose their more empowering um, belief and an empowering way to see themselves and they all came together and they all talked about and shared, shared their goals and their dreams and, and then I got somebody to take that bin away, which I didn't realise was very culturally appropriate to do where they didn't touch that because that would be a bad energy for it. And we came back in and then with that purpose, we put their values together as a team. And they still have it up on their wall and they're one of the most high-performing team in, in that area now. And 
when they came together, I, I remember writing the values up because everybody had the, these different sort of things in their particular language. And I thought, oh, my gosh, what have I let myself in for? <laughs> and then I got there and I started to see a pattern. I started to see it together and I started to draw the connections and it came down to six key things that were underpinning to everything. And one thing that really surprised me was this concept of innovation. They wanted to think, you know, with, you know in, in an innovative way because in their history, people had told them how to think. They had told them who they are. They, they just, you know, they'd given like a prescription to them that that was their destiny. And out of the work by shaking their, their beliefs about themselves, by helping them to, to embrace something that was true for them in their heart, they said, you know what, that's actually what we want and we want to be seen for that. And I had a tear in my eye when, when they said it. I thought, you know, that's just beautiful. It's amazing. And from that day, that's what that team continues to do. They continue to innovate. They continue to, to expand their thinking beyond what their previous shackles, you know, had been for them. And it all comes from listening to the pulse in them, listening to their potential, their gifts, their superpower, if you like, listening to what is influencing them and how they could work for that so they could be the influencer, that they could change the, the, the next chapter of their life. And I know I'm kind of getting passionate about it, but I, <laughs> and I, I love that sort of work. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And obviously this being, a you know, these different cultures, was it hard for people to move through and, and make those mindset changes? Oh, absolutely. That's kind of personal development, though, is it? If, if it was easy, it would have been done. <laughs> Everyone would be doing it. That's <laughs> right. It would have been, oh, so yesterday. Yeah. In reality, you know, when something's hard, then it's important. Mm. And the greater the challenge, often, you know, the greater the reward. And that's what I, and, and even when they were speaking to me, they said, Gail, but this is, a, is, this is a, a big thing. You know, this is a changing the way that we interact, changing the way that we, we do things. So I go, well, is it worth it? And the answer was a resounding yes. Mm. And I said, well, then I see that life's calling you out and you kind of have an obligation. Mm, absolutely. So you mentioned before that we generally, all of us have, I guess, commonalities or these fundamental um, needs um, across all of our cultures. Can you just talk a little bit more about that? I think it comes stems really well for those that you know sort of want to extend their learning. But if you think about the work of Brene Brown in terms of true belonging, you know, we all have this desire to connect. We all have this desire to be able to contribute to the world in some way, shape, or form. And we don't all have to be Einstein because that would be kind of creepy. <laughs> but we do have all, all of us have something to contribute. The person that collects my rubbish outside on the street has something to contribute beautifully to the world. And if he could connect that to, you know, to something meaningful for him, something, you know, that really inspires him, then we would interact very differently and it wouldn't be seen as less than. It would be seen as awesome. It would be seen as a contribution, this interconnection of all linkages that we all have to be able to live on this planet together. And I think that, you know, that the love, that sense of belonging, we all want to be loved. We're hardwired 
we have a relational circuitry for it. And yes, you know, the neuroscientists would tell us that the females are, you know, a little bit more wired on the relational element. You just got to, you know, ever upset a woman and you'll know they'll never forget it and connect it to a hundred <laughs> things. However, we all have this relational circuitry and you just got to listen to people want to connect. And we have beautiful differences in the way that we do things, but in essence, we're kind of the same. We all think, we all feel, and we all act. We all do that. That's common. We need to understand and go back to the things that motivate. In, in any culture that, I, that I've been in, and, and even working with Indigenous people here in Australia in more recent times, you know, they were looking, you know, they're great storytellers, beautiful storytellers. And they had in their history, I mean, if you look at it, it's a bit like going back to, you know, the old grim fairy tales when you were a kid. If you read those, they were really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, the Indigenous stories are really scary. I said, these got a lot of fear in them. And they said, actually, I never thought about that. You're kind of, kind of right. And I said, gee, they really wanted to, you know, is this, is this what, you know, helps contain, you know, sort of the behaviours in the community? He goes, well, I actually never thought about that. I said, because those stories, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Some of them are kind of freaking me out. <laughs> and in, in evolving that, they were talking about the slotting of business. You know, they're like, they have certainly like sorry business or men's business or women's business. You know, everything's kind of compartmentalised. And in some ways that served them as culture. So it was understanding that. That's the pulse. The essence they wanted to belong. You needed to learn how to connect with others. The same as any other, anybody else has. They did it in a way that served their community within a time and evolved. But sometimes, you know, those things maybe don't serve anymore. And I'm not saying, you know, that's true for, for the people in Africa or, or, or here in, in Australia or even in, in Asia where I've equally done some work. What I'm saying is sometimes we've got so fixed on the culture that we're, we're not looking at how we want to evolve to really honour that and to really adapt and flex and grow because that's another part of what we all do. We all seek challenge. We all flex and we all move and we all grow. And that's an essence of who we are no matter where you come from. Mm, Absolutely. And is that what you, I guess, your mission you talked about earlier about levelling the playing field, is that what you're actually talking about there is, is across these cultures and even in the Western world, you know, that we need to get that level playing field yeah, 100%. I mean, when I talk about the level playing field at some point, is, is the access to think things through, things through. You know, you can go on and in life, if you consider life like a, um, and now I'm not big on football and anybody that knows me knows that that's not my thing, that if you look though when people go on to play on the field, they know the rules, they know the engagement, they know what they're best at. They know how to run the line and they can read. They've been given information and, and strategies and ideas and concepts about how to, to really go onto that field and, and perform at their best and, if you like, to, to avoid that, that tackle or how to get up from it. And sometimes in these cultures, they haven't had the access to do that, to think about it, to, to really come in where they can go, okay, if, if, if life is a game, how do I engage? How do I show that? How do I evolve that game? Because they people want to be, you know, performing at their best, you know, and by bringing everything on the field. So a level playing field for me is helping people develop their rules and engagement, and their gifts and how they put it on the field to get over the line to say my life was a life well lived, 
Yeah. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> I love it. I love the. I love the sound of it. Especially your analogy around the football and playing on the field. It um, it definitely resonates. Oh, 100%. And, you know, sometimes there's too often if we even say that, you know, there's a, um, you know, we have people that are, could be armchair observers, sit there and criticise people. And I love um, Brene Brown in, you know, in, in her work, she talks about, you know, Daring Greatly came from a quote from Rosenbelt where, on, to get on that field, you will get, there will be blood, there will be sweat. The ones that sit in the armchair, they, they can't talk about that. They won't know victory if they don't know failure. So if you're sitting in the armchair, you won't know either. You're just going to exist. And no, I don't know. I don't want to exist. Mm. You need to know the failure. You need to know the excess, but you need to know how to get on that field to get in there so you can say it's a life well lived. Mm, absolutely and I imagine that you've come across a lot of fear stories like you did mention about the indigenous um, Australian stories but people you know get a bit um, stuck with fear and they don't want to move or it's just easy to stay where they're at oh absolutely and sometimes when people are, are frightened that it can be you know and then I notice this a lot of times even even clinically well it's a problem to be fixed you know, it's like when you go to the doctor and say, you know, the, the question that people go in, what's wrong with me? And it's a really bad question because uh, there's nothing wrong with you. Your, your body is perfectly designed. And, and fear is, is, is an element that most people kind of give feel like it's a disease. Fear just gives us a trigger, something to, to bring attention or awareness that we may need to, to, um, to look at and transform and be able to harness to move through differently. Because courage is not the absence of fear. It's harnessing fear and moving through it. And I think for me that, you know, I'm working with people in fear, I'm very comfortable with that. And I think that's been part of my success as a mental health worker where I did a lot of acute crisis and had to get people that were kind of pretty um, in a different universe in their mind for, me, for many of them. They were quite psychotic or deeply depressed that the way that I connect with them was that fear, I wasn't frightened of fear. It was a friend of mine from when I was young or from pain that I'd experienced in my own life even when I was young. So it was being able to harness that, to being able to help them to muster that courage, you know, to just move through that, to just being able to, not letting that rule them, but in letting that give them the opportunity to stand for what's important for them. and. Even, you know, for me, and, and I think that this was something that happened with Tony Robbins is in, you know, I'm not your guru, in his interview, he was saying that, you know, when I work with people and there's fear or there's deep pain, I, you know, I, I can see it, I can feel it, I can witness it and I can embrace it because you've been through that. And, you know, I, I sat back and I thought, wow, that's kind of true. I've, I've done that myself. I mean, I grew up with a, with a mother that had a mental health issue and you know that was kind of tough because you could have been you know and was and I now let me rephrase that you know there was some blaming it's not that I was is that there was some blaming for you know for those circumstances or the way that they felt which was not kind of true we all know that now but it inspired me to stand tall and be strong and feel that pain that occurred during that brief moment in my life to be able to foster that and channel that 
to really honour people in that circumstances in mental health. And now I do that with culture. Now I do that in every single moment that I go in and coach. I coach from my heart because mm. a heart to a heart can change the world. A head to a head might just get into a robust debate. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Agree to disagree potentially. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> That's beautiful. So um, obviously your own journey has inspired you down this path, you know, from the mental health um, background that you have to where you are today. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, just from personal experience when I was young and, you know, I learned so much from that and I'm very grateful for that experience because it's made me who I am today. And in, in mental health, I mean, I got to spend 150,000 plus hours listening to the pain of people equally listening to their desires and that has inspired me to go well what's behind that if we were going to unlock that and we were going to work with that differently who do I need to be and what do we need to be able to 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 do or or, or unlock or offer in order to change that and that's where the silent pulse come came in was that they need to be seen and, and harness things differently and, we, and look at the rule book, look at the way that they're engaging on there to give them the best chance to cross the line. And that's where it all came from. Mm, that's beautiful. And I guess, you know, I, I like to ask this question of people. Do you feel like you're living your purpose in this world right now today? No, oh, that's a great question. And I did a lot of work on that. And, yes, yeah, today in terms of being able to, I always look at one conversation as a t- at a time. So even, you know, from, from my history and, and thinking about even, you know, today, mental health is something that we hear more and more of, that from one conversation, from one person, because one in 10 will have thoughts of suicide within a 12-month period, just on that stat alone, one in five, you know, will be at risk of mental illness in their lifetime mm. or suffer a mental illness. So if I do one conversation... I just smile every single day. If I can touch one person, I can influence, you know, let them influence that 10. So I look at a one in 10 and I invite people that if I've reached you, then reach out to another 10 people. Mm-hmm. And if I can start that ripple effect, maybe I can change the face of what we're, you know, what we're dealing with more and more today. So that inspires me and that's my purpose is to really ripple those sort of conversations to change the way we interact. Mm, that's beautiful. I love it. You spoke, um, you mentioned it a couple of times now, this silent pulse, so listening for that silent pulse within. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Uh, it, it's, it's who you truly are. It's, it's really listening beyond, you know, we often describe ourselves, and when I was writing, writing my book, you know, we had these descriptions, I'm a nurse. I'm a coach, I'm a, you know, a painter, I'm a builder. You know, we label ourselves that that's just something that we do. And unfortunately, we attach that to our our identity. Mm -hmm. Now, if you want to listen to the pulse, there's so much more behind there. There's so much more in in terms of the person, in terms of the qualities they possess, in, in terms of their... Their thinking and, the, and, the, and if you like their their emotions and the way they engage with things more fully and express themselves more fully. So if you want to really listen for a pulse, listen beyond 
the, those statements that are there because that's that's really less significant. That doesn't tell you about the person. The person is behind that. Who they really are and their true self is beyond. We spend too minute, too much time labelling people and looking at the labels and saying, okay, well, I've boxed that. So they're so they're compassionate. They um, and by the PS, I do know sometimes that you know nurses may not be so compassionate. Having <laughs> so, you know, we just tend to box things. We need to take the box away because in those boxes we're missing the core essence of humanity. Mm, absolutely, and I think like you're absolutely right. We seem to, you know, we've evolved into this society where it's all about the labeling and it's all about identity and trying to understand who we are and how we fit. And I think it goes back to, as you discussed before, that core desire around belonging um, and being a part of something. But we've also used it, I guess, a little bit too far and extreme where we're starting to segregate ourselves a little bit too much. And it's about, you know, like, as you said, you're looking a little bit deeper and understand that we're actually all connected. And, you know, there's a lot more to me than these labels that I've put on myself. Oh, 100%. I mean, how many times have you seen somebody who perhaps for whatever reason their job ceases to exist and they fall apart? Mm. They saw that as their identity where it was simply a way for them to do certain activities or to meet certain needs. And when that's taken away, they, they feel lost. Well, I kind of want to reverse that and say, well, let's look at who you are and the way that you want to deliver that to the world. Let's start at that point you know, rather than attached to the end point. Yeah, exactly. Instead of attaching on to what you perceive yourself to be, is let's um, strip it all down and find out who you are at the core. Absolutely. And then you can shape and design. The really cool stuff is that you can start then to shape and design, you know, how you want to, to be and how you want to, you know, stand or, you know, what position you want to play on the field. You can start to design that. You know, you can say, I'm a front rower. You know, we have leaders in the world. You know, and I, I'm a leader and I lead to be able to whatever it may be. And the, there's a great book, Lead with Purpose by uh, Nick Craig and Brene Brown. And it's a magnificent book of strong leadership that all led, not by their role and how they designated it, but by their purpose. Wow, that sounds like a good book. I best, best I get that one. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Oh, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Is there, I guess, anything else you'd like to share today? Oh, look, I just um, really truly appreciate to be able to come on and perhaps do a little bit of that rant, passion rant, I call it, mm. um, and share that sort of story with people. I suppose if I had to give a takeaway, mm. they just just look that little bit further, look, look beyond, look within, because, you know, I, I feel so privileged to have seen so many, I mean, in from the hill, hill tribes in Thailand to Africa here in the, in the back blocks of Australia to, to the US, to Europe, no matter where I've gone, there is so many gifts in the world that we just got to reach out for it and that they're, they're at our fingertips. And, yes, there's differences, and that's great. That's diversity. But there's equally gifts that if we just 
focus in on that. It's it's amazing. So for me, I'm going to continue to do my work, and and if people are inspired by that, I you know they want to extend, and if they've heard something that resonates with them, they want to extend that out and reach a hand out and inspire, and you know perhaps ten people. If we all did that, then our life's going to and our world's going to be a very different place. Mm, absolutely. Thank you so much for being on the show, Gail, and sharing your wisdom with us. You're welcome, and thank you for having me on, Maya. Thank you for taking that journey with us today. If you'd like to know a little bit more about Gail and what she gets up to in the world or you want to get in touch, head over to sagacityrising.com forward slash A-G-E-L 012. And if you'd like to continue the conversation around today's episode, head over to tribe.agroovyenlightenlife.com. Thank you again, groovy humans. Maya out. 